I'm Daisy. And I'm Terry. And this is the Monday Monday Mindset Mindset Podcast, Podcast. where we share things of interest to us and hopefully to you. So let's get started with episode number 114. And this week, it's Daisy's turn to share something with us. Daisy, what do you have? Well, Terry, I almost had, (laughs) if you remember, after we finished recording the other day, we were talking about different podcasts we listen to and the ease or lack thereof of translating that into one of our podcast episodes and how difficult in general Andrew Huberman podcasts were to use as an example on this podcast. So crazily, I went, because I hadn't looked at his podcast for a while, I went and had a look and there was one all about memory. So I thought, oh, what fun it would be to follow up Terry's memory episode with an Andrew Huberman episode. Uh, No, yeah, it was like over two hours long and he went into (laughs) his usual, very interesting actually, for the parts at least of the episode I listened to. I did that age old thing of listening when you were going to bed so I picked up some of it but not all of it but very much his um, you know one of his typical sort of biohacking episodes so he was talking very specifically about research and you know how uh, certain types of meditation would improve memory and productivity and working with things like stress and cortisol and adrenaline and all those things. So it was quite interesting, but it would have been too much to tackle. <laughs> Absolutely. So that that's what I'm not doing today. <laughs> but what I did think we could do, which would be quite fun. Now, we did mention at the end of last week's episode that we might do a memory test on each other. Now, I feel supremely confident that I could still do those lists. So I thought I might put you in the hot seat and give you a random list of 10 objects and then see if you can remember them at the end of this episode using a method of your choice. And I can't write anything down. (laughs) Are you up for the challenge? I am. So first of all, we'll do like you did with me. I'll just give you the list and you can see how many you can remember. Oh, I'm really not good at this. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Ready, steady, go. Duck, apple, table, handkerchief, cloud, grass, laptop, snake, rolling pin, cheese. How many can you remember? Certainly not in order. Um, Duck, handkerchief, table, cheese. (laughs) Um, Yep, I think that's it, Daisy. That's pretty good. Four, and you did a similar thing. You got three out of the first four and the last one. So you did what I did with, what's it called? The Primacy and recency. I was thinking in out first last (laughs) yes primacy and recency recency that's it yes so you did exactly the same so which method would you like to use to remember them i'm gonna do the story the chain link okay so let's quickly create a story then and it's you who's got to remember so you can create the story 
So we're starting with duck. I'm going to start with duck. And what's the second word? Table? Duck, apple, table, handkerchief. Okay. So I'm going to picture a duck carrying an apple that barely fits into its mouth. And it's swaddling around with this heavy apple. And it walks up to, it walks under a table that has a handkerchief hanging down over it. Cloud. And the duck mistakenly thinks that it's in a cloud. Grass. Until its feet, those little webbed feet, get stuck in the tall grass. Laptop. Ooh, uh, and fortunately, there's a laptop sitting there, and so it uses those webbed feet to start typing on the laptop. Snake. Until a snake crosses over the keyboard and slithers right near its feet. Rolling pin. And someone comes along and crashes down on the snake with a rolling pin, and it splatters. Cheese. <laughs> and it looks like cheese as it splatters. There um. we go. <laughs> so that was sort of doubly difficult because you had to come up with the story as well rather than have the story be told to you like you did with me. So we shall see at the end. Can I say it once? <laughs> yes, go on then. Okay. So there's a duck. And he's carrying an apple in his mouth. And he's waddling underneath a table with a handkerchief hanging down. And it looks like a cloud because it's covering over him. But he realizes he's not in a cloud because his webbed feet are walking in the grass. And then he decides he should type on the laptop with those webbed feet until a snake slithers across the laptop. And then someone comes in with a rolling pin and smashes the snake and it sprays it all over the place and it looks like cheese. Excellent. <laughs> Such a good story. Yeah. Well, listeners at home, you can play along and we shall see at the end who remembers what. I have supreme confidence in you. I think you're going to get 10 out of 10. But on to this week's episode. It's another quick one from Quick Brain, number 290, entitled Stop Multitasking, Try This Instead. Now, this is something that we have kind of covered before, but coming at it from a slightly different direction. And it's something that I'm very aware of that I always need to pay more attention to. It's something I think following on from some of the suggestions that you gave. I think it was either a Jim Quick or it might have been Jim Quick and the guy's name. I can never, Ial, near Ial is his name. Uh-huh. Near Ial. Near Ial, yes. I think it was along those lines that we've discussed this before, long, long time ago, talking about focus timers and things like that and not getting distracted. Well, it's the same sort of subject, but slightly different. So it's all about multitasking. Are you a multitasker? Do you have, and I know you are guilty of this, do you have numerous tabs open? <laughs> no. 
Do you shift between tasks? Hop on and off social media, email, and so on. No, <laughs> not me. But how, more in general, how do you maintain focus in a world full of distraction? What are the benefits instead of monotasking? Research shows that we are really not good at multitasking. It's a myth, this whole idea and concept of multitasking. What we are actually doing is task switching. We're switching, um, sometimes fairly quickly, between tasks. So how do we tap into and harness the power of monotasking? And he talks about an example of when he uh, was a kid, he was given um, these magnifying glass set, something rather, that he would go outside and burn leaves on a sunny day. I think we've, we've, probably, uh, we've probably all played around with that, focusing the sun's rays and um, hopefully not starting a forest fire in the process. But he, he talks about how we can create this focal point. We take ambient light and focus it into one bright area and then he goes on to say well it's you know there's there's probably no coincidence that we also tend to use the word bright to describe smart people but are they smarter or are they just better focused um, and then this is something that you've talked about in a recent episode he then switches to get us to think about what are the costs of multitasking. So there are some, you know, some clear benefits of monotasking, focusing, but what are the costs of multitasking? And he was saying that there are four main things that multitasking will cost you. Number one, time. And most of us actually multitask usually if we're asked about multitasking, why we tend to multitask, we do it to save time. But we're actually losing time because every time you switch tasks, you need some time to refocus on the task at hand. For each task, he says, you're using a certain pattern of your neuronet. And when you switch, you need to deactivate the old and reactivate the new one. And that takes some time. The second cost is mistakes. You are much more likely to make mistakes. The truth is that you are switching focus, albeit sometimes quite quickly, between tasks. One of the most obvious examples for this is driving and texting. And I mean, I'm pretty sure it's a legal requirement over there, same as it is here, that you're not allowed to drive and text. I don't think you're even allowed to pick your phone up here if you're seen holding your phone by a policeman, you will get called over. But mistakes tend to happen much more often. So that's number two. Number three, the third cost, energy. When you activate a different part of your brain, it uses more energy. Your brain needs to draw down um, more glucose. It needs more energy to do that. So if you're feeling maybe a little bit mentally drained, fatigued, some brain fog, maybe you're trying to do too much at the same time. The fourth cost 
is that it puts a strain on your working memory. Uh, your working memory is the really short term sort of holding area for remembering things when you've just got to remember something for a few seconds. If you keep switching, you're overtaxing your working memory. We all do it, or at least most of us do it. We all task switch. And he says the goal is not perfection, but to learn how to mitigate it. He says start with awareness. And there were a few of his succinct little sayings he has peppered through this episode. And this was the first one. Where your awareness goes, your energy flows. So, yes, just be more aware. How are you going to reduce task switching and increase monotasking? And he says the way he looks at it is a framework of his external world and his internal world. So your external world outside your body. So uh, changing and managing your environment. All very obvious things, things like closing some of those hundreds and hundreds of tabs, switching off notification, closing apps made me think of uh, James Clear's creating some friction for some of these distractions. And only this morning, actually, before listening to this episode, I deleted a load of game apps from my iPad. <laughs> uh, so doing things like that. Internal world inside your mind. Our brain struggles to do two cognitive activities at once, but one cognitive and one physical thing often does work. So if you think about, um, as actually, as I was listening to this podcast episode for the first time, I was doing the washing up. It's quite easy if you're doing a fairly mindless physical task and listening to something as an example at the same time. And by washing up, do you mean laundry? I know, washing up, washing dishes. Ah, dishes. Ah, see, that's, we were only talking about this the, the other day, weren't we? Words and phrases that don't mean the same thing. <laughs> Like washing up to me would mean like um, maybe washing my face, you know, yeah. like a little spritzer kind of bath. Oh, yeah. No, doing the washing up is washing the dishes. And more and specifically, I guess, washing the dishes by hand, mm -hmm. not loading the dishwasher. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Oh, there you go. That's another one for my list. We should do an episode one time on U.S. British translation and he says that the big thing here is self-talk are you thinking about what's going on in the present or are you thinking about something maybe that's coming up or dwelling on something in the past and our focus tends to direct how we feel and how you feel directs behavior and we all know how distracting it can be with this self-talk, I guess, especially if you can't stop ruminating on things, how distracting that is and how much energy it takes. I think the challenge for me is if I'm standing there doing dishes and listening to this, suddenly this just disappears into the background and I'm thinking about something else versus if I focus on saying some of the words from the podcast, thinking about the podcast, then I'm going to remember it more. He talks about using an external trigger like a timer. 
that can help. And he he was talking about actually, you know, doing some um, dedicated sort of deep thought mind work. But that also works with, you know, a physical task that you've got to do. It's something that I've started using, uh, not not religiously, I've sort of used it on and off, but I will often be aware of getting distracted in, say, in the middle of an edit. And I'll look at the time and, you know, I'll see that it's half past five and I've got something planned at six. And I think, right, I'm switching off every kind of notification. I'm not going to look at anything else. I am just going to head down for 30 minutes because I've got that fixed thing to do in half an hour and I'm going to see how much I can get done. So I haven't been using things like that all the time, but I have been much more aware of it. And I I find that sort of working to a set time, thinking I'm going to spend these next 10 minutes, this next 20 minutes, this next half an hour, whatever it is, just doing what I'm doing can be very helpful. But he also, a little tip that he came up with that if you are getting sidetracked by thoughts about things or maybe an idea for the future pops into your head, he says, don't fight it. Another one of his sayings, what you resist persists. He says, instead, use an external tool like writing it down. And then you've done that. It's noted and your mind can kind of safely go back to what it's doing without fear of forgetting this very important idea that popped into your mind that could have led you down a whole rabbit hole of distraction. I don't know how many times you've done that, but I certainly have. Something sort of pops into my mind and it's, well, I must just go and Google that and do a bit of research. And two hours later, I've been distracted away from what I was supposed to be doing. Um, So what is the best use of your time? He just mentions that sometimes time management might be better off thinking of it as priority management. Another one of his sayings, the most important thing is to keep the most important thing, the most important thing. I think that also fits with near Ayal's talk about distraction, as you brought up earlier in that if you can block your time so that you do have 20 minutes for this task, or you're Mm. only going to work on this thing for a half an hour versus I'm going to work on this until it's done. That just seems like it goes on forever and it's very easy to kind of wander off. But if you know, I'm going to do this for this period of time, you can move more toward completion and, and put off those other intruding tasks or thoughts that kind of get in the way. So going back to that strategy, I think makes sense. Yes, it's definitely something that I've employed. And I I did mess around with um, playing with with focus timers and didn't really get into them. But I do, you know, just look at the clock in the corner and think, yeah, I'm just just very aware of sort of hopping around. I quite often will take off a lot of the distractions. So, you know, quit email. So the little red dot doesn't come off. I've certainly switched off all the the pings. Um, I learned to do that mostly from Grace's benefit, I think, but (laughs) (laughs) it's a good thing for me too. But I'll, I'll take those off as well. So I, 
I don't get things popping up somewhere on the screen and just think, right, the next 20 minutes, half an hour, whatever it is. And it tends to be sort of blocks of time a bit like that. I don't find it very comfortable however I'm sitting. I've got one of those kneeling chairs and, and, and with my legs, that's never very comfortable. So actually every sort of 20 minutes or half an hour, I could do with getting up and just moving around a little bit. Um, so from that point of view, those kind of time slots work quite well for me. But I thought it was just interesting refocusing again on something that I am aware of, something that I have worked on. And I know, um, you know, distraction is something that a lot of people are plagued with in their working life, as well as probably not their working life. But I thought it was interesting just focusing on, you know, what are the costs of mm -hmm. this multitasking and some things that you might be thinking you're doing in a positive way, like saving time and actually it's it's costing you time. And then also thinking about the internal landscape that is distracting, how thoughts can can be just as distracting as all those notifications mm -hmm. and being aware of it. And, you know, bit by bit, he says, you know, one step at a time. Just be aware of what's going on. And then what is one small step you can take towards limiting distractions and a small step you can take towards increasing focus? So, yes, yeah, something I continuously need to work on. <laughs> well, as I'm listening to this, I was just thinking and kind of chuckling to myself, boy, it's a good thing I'm kind of far behind in technology. And I was thinking, actually, so are you. So you and I probably have fewer of some of these modern distractions mm, that some people have. True. Like neither of us wears an Apple watch. And I don't know how many times you've watched people wearing one, but they're constantly picking up their wrist and looking because true. every email that comes in, every phone call that comes in, they feel it or are notified. Mm. Then they have to follow up or they have to dismiss it. So I see that as a big interrupter that again, many people are wearing this because they think it's going to help them be more efficient, but it actually brings in all of these disruptors. And then I'm certain you don't have this just like I don't. I do not have here. It's Alexa. I don't use oh, Siri yeah. no. on my phone, <laughs> but no, I listen, switched off. I listen to people who every time they think of something they're like Siri set timer, for 14 minutes. Siri, Siri, Siri set timer for, no, 14 minutes. It's like <laughs> in that amount of time, it would have been so much easier to go over to the stove and set the timer for 14 minutes. But again, using these things because they're making things easier, except when the technology doesn't work or, you know, you have to interrupt everything to pay attention to them. So, I actually think you and I are a little um, better off right now because we have fewer of these distractions. We are dinosaurs. <laughs> That's because so we're funny. Cheap. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I was just thinking that when you said about that timer, I have one of those old-fashioned ones. It's a, um, it's got a magnet sits on the fridge that you turn the dial. And, you know, so it's a wind-up thing and then you set the amount of time and it buzzes when it's, when it's time. And it takes seconds to set yeah it'd be a lot quicker than mm -hmm. getting alexa or siri mm -hmm. or whoever to do it and i'm 
you use your phone a lot more than I do, but mm-hmm. I hardly ever use my phone. So I'm I'm not one of these people who's constantly looking at their mm-hmm. phone. I'll be distracted when I've got it on the screen. I tend to use a laptop or the desktop here. So I get distracted by things coming up to me on the screen. But no, you're right. Those things are not even on my radar, but there are so many more things to distract these modern people. (laughs) And then I was thinking, so these are maybe for me more about during mental tasks, these disruptions. But for me, I am internally disrupted when I'm doing, for example, when I'm cleaning the house. If I go to put something away in the bedroom and then I see, oh, the comforter isn't pulled up. Actually, I think it's probably time to wash the comforter. Oh, wait, but I have clothes in the washing machine. And so I'll go through and start doing each of these things. And I'll forget that I was putting away things to begin with. Mm-hmm. So it's it's complicated. I, I rarely finish a task. And so going back to what you're saying is I may need to really focus on what's the important thing right now. The important thing is I finish putting this away and cleaning the living room. And then I may take note of the other things. Maybe I need to jot them down or somehow take note that, yep, need to wash the comforter and do this other thing, but not right now. Stay with the task at hand and then go to those tasks when those are planned. Yes, that's a very good point. And it's so it's a very easy trap to fall into it, mm-hmm. into, isn't it? So you're doing something and it's squirrel. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Go and start doing that. And before you know it, yeah, you've stopped. I guess that is, that's a good strategy to have something like, uh, you know, a note somewhere that you can easily make on the fridge or something. Mm-hmm. No, the, the most distracted I'm going to get from what I'm doing right now is just going to take 30 seconds to jot that down somewhere mm-hmm. as it's something I must do later. But then I'm going to go straight back to the task mm-hmm. at hand. Mm-hmm. And for me, again, I will have to keep practicing focusing because then I'll go look at the list and look at number two on the list and say, oh, well, I could... <gasps> oh, I could look this up about that right now. Nope. What's the most important task that you're doing right now? Put this on the list, leave it on the list. And I think sometimes it's a matter of recognizing if it's important enough, it will get prioritized. Yes, that's true. Yes, I think we both have those to-do lists that keep rolling over from one week to the next. (laughs) And interestingly enough, that's why I don't write them down because I don't like that reminder hanging over my head. But then I forget like I have a couple of phone calls I need to make and it's been a couple of months and every like Sunday evening, I think, Oh, I really need to make those calls. And then Monday I forget during the day. And then I forget. And then I forget, wait, wait, which one am I supposed to call? Who do I need to, where's the phone number for that? Where's that piece of paper that has that thing? So this is why it's two months later and I still have not made those calls. Yes. I have a to-do sheet that is both satisfying and has like a little judgment area <laughs> to it. And those, yeah, there's those things like phone calls and kind of admin to-do lists that stay at the top. And then there's the different editing tasks and things that I feel satisfied when they get ticked off, but there's that little judgy area at the top mm-hmm. that rolls on from week to week, have to keep copying it onto the next one. But there you go. So uh, yes, something that, Certainly, I personally have 
start, I started working on back whenever that first episode that you covered came up. But as uh, soon as soon as I saw that title, I thought, oh, yes, that's something I need to remind myself about. So I figured there might be other people who needed the reminder, too. And I think one of the most important takeaways for me from this episode is a reminder to myself, multitasking is not a skill I should reward myself for, that it's actually distraction. It's actually splitting my energy. It's costing me things. And so to start promoting that I'm actually doing well by myself and others when I monotask, because I think culturally we've been kind of taught that it's a good thing to be able to multitask. And it's almost like in some ways you get rewarded for it. And I need to remind myself it's actually not the most efficient way for me to accomplish things. Well, it's become a bit of an expectation, hasn't it? And I know there are, there are certain people who kind of have to, you know, you think of busy mums to a certain extent have to multitask. But yeah, you're right. It has become culturally... Uh, the thing to be lauded mm -hmm. and also just in certainly in some areas a bit of an expectation mm -hmm. actually we need to start working away from that go back to monotasking that's right so we're back with the challenge for terry and for people listening at home can you remember the list of 10 random items are you ready? I'm ready. I'm going to count the items on my finger, just to, hands, just to make sure. But Okay. So we start with a duck who is carrying an apple in their mouth and kind of teetering under a table that is covered by a handkerchief that is hanging down so that the duck imagines that it's in a cloud. And it thinks it's in a cloud until it feels its webbed feet in the grass and then decides it should start typing on the laptop that's nearby with its webbed feet. And while it's typing, a snake slithers across the keyboard until, oh my gosh, I'm thinking of, I can't think of the word, until someone comes with a, I didn't make a clear enough image of this. A crowbar? No. Close. Oh. Um, I'm running through my head thinking of all the objects I can imagine them smashing a snake with a um, baseball bat, a crowbar, a wrench. <laughs> oh my gosh. Don't need to tell you. First letter. Oh, two words. Oh my gosh, this is making it even worse. Go ahead, tell me. It's not one of those words that you're not familiar with so much in the States, is it? Rolling pin. A rolling pin. No, it's just something I'm unfamiliar with <laughs> because I don't make pies. <laughs> That's right. A rolling pin. See, I didn't create that image clearly enough. I just remember I was the just going to say, as you were saying that, that was so interesting. Okay, let you do the last word. And smashes the snake and everything splatters and it looks like cheese. I just thought it was so interesting as you were going through and like when you, you talk about the the duck thinks it's in a cloud, but then it feels its um, webbed feet, fills, it fills in the grass and then it's with its webbed feet, it goes on. And you can, you can kind of 
and watching you as you're doing it and I can see you sort of activating mm-hmm. the different senses and I could see you acting out someone comes along and bashes with that but you haven't you you didn't have a clear mm-hmm. enough image and mm-hmm. all the things you mentioned are kind of kind of there in the ballpark mm-hmm. they're the right kind of thing but you needed that something extra That's to right. identify it as a rolling pin over just something that you might hit someone else yep. over the head with <laughs> like I would imagine now that I know it's a rolling pin I would imagine that they're holding on to the end of the rolling pin and the rolling part is rolling as they you know smash down yeah to um, identify it as a rolling pin yeah. over a crowbar or something else yeah and of course, because we laugh so much about trying to think of something with cheese and cheese splattered. And, you know, as soon as we said it, both sort of laughing. So you've got that emotion that's connected mm-hmm. with that word. So it's really easy to remember. Mm-hmm. That's what they talked about in those strategies. Make it something funny, make it something yeah. gross, make it something, you know, emotional, something you can smell, something you can hear. Like I can hear the duck feet clacking mm. on the the keyboard. So... Yeah, but you're right. I I hadn't made it specific enough for the rolling pin. Really good illustration. So there you go. You did very well. Thank you. And actually, (laughs) I meant to tell you, before we met today, I thought, oh, I'm going to see if I can remember the grocery list. And I, I had to look at my paper, not for the grocery list, but I was thinking top of head, eyes, nose. And I thought, no, I don't think I use the nose when Daisy and I, so I just checked my list of what parts of the body did no, I you use. Didn't use the nose. And then I did, yeah. I went through and got the whole list. How about you? Are you ready to do the grocery list? Yeah, I could do it. I could do it. Um, sausage, cream, egg, blueberries, ground beef, lemons, chia seeds, coffee, yogurt. You left out two. Butter, butter, butter. You left out butter in the throat. What else have I left out? I was so (laughs) confident. I was so confident and I didn't get them all, did I? Vanilla. Ah, I shouldn't be so cocksure. Yes. Yeah, you're right. See? A pretty good trip. You I would was come too home with confident thinking I was going to go uh, go quickly through those and I didn't, I should have gone at it a little bit more slowly and I would have got those. So can we do the random list of things? Yeah. I reckon. That was, we uh, started with a chair in a store and the zebra throwing a boomerang round the tree that fell in the water and there was a cactus waving around and then we got an iceberg with someone reading a book that had jello on the cover with the boy with his halo and then it all got smashed apart with a skipping rope. That's right. Excellent. Got all I of didn't them. miss any of those. Got them all and you got them all in the right order. Fantastic. I might have messed up the shopping list one a little bit because I did employ that in my own shopping trip. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm surprised I didn't come out with some different things. That's funny. What I have done is I've kept things in the same place that 
are on my shopping uh-huh. list. Nice. <laughs> so I'll just keep the cream pouring out of my eyes. Right. <laughs> you will always be on your knees when you buy coffee. <laughs> Very good. So there you go. Well, hopefully everyone has some more ideas about ways to improve their memory, giving themselves more to focus while tasking so that they are more efficient and less distracted. And in the meantime, I hope you have a very wonderful week. You too, Daisy. Take good care, everybody. 